Thank you, Rabbi Leibowitz. Rishos, my Yedidim, Rabbanim, Chashuvim, Avam Echad, Rabbi Avram David, Rabbi Leibowitz, and Rabbi Goldstein, Shlitas, for hosting me today. Actually, I also want a special call to my good friend, Rabbi Felsen, who 15 years ago was the one, actually only 16 years ago, who introduced me to Avam Echad. So, thank you, Rabbi Felsen. I still, you know, as I come here tonight, I must say that I'm really thrilled and honored and to be I, I, my time has not changed my feelings uh, to anyone I really feel not amongst friends but amongst family mishpacha truly like I feel about mishpacha I remember he's not here um, Jonathan K he called me he's going to be in Eretz Yisrael but like right before I left I told to Jonathan I told to Fry and both of them who really were the, the presidents of the, of the shul and the Arab and I said you know, we, we, together we built, and that's eternal. The actions are eternal, and our relationship really is eternal. And I truly feel that amongst family here, uh, even those who are not part of Amakha, like Edmund, Meshbachai, Avadia, Chagai, you know, if, if you, by the way, anyone who has a friendship with many is like a, has a permanent residency in Amakha. So we're all family over here. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm honestly thrilled to be here and honored to be here uh, as, as well. I, I didn't plan to come this week, and the truth is that if I had to pick a week, I, when many called me, I said, many, I'm going to Springfield last Tuesday. It's a four-hour drive. I had to be by the governor's office. I, I mean, it was four hours both ways. I was in Stanford, Connecticut uh, this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos, Sunday, for the Gooda Convention. I came home yesterday afternoon for a few hours and got on a plane this morning. And the reason I'm leaving tonight at Red Eyes, I need to be back. And I said, many, a, a different time I'll come for Shabbos, but many, many, uh, uh, really is a good, is good and convincing. And he said, it's his father's hashkaval, be so nice. And please, and I have tremendous hakara satov to many and to Khani parrots. Um, when I came here 15 years ago, they were the ones who made the suda and with their love for me out, outside in the courtyard over there. They did my children's brisim, including on Pesach. Um, they did my, my daughter's bas mitzvahs. So I'm, if I had, if I, I, I couldn't say no. <laughs> uh, and so I, I, I would have loved to come here longer, but I'm thrilled to be here uh, tonight. And one of the last times that we're all together in this hall was for Bibi Benyamin Peretz's uh, bris three years ago. And when, I, when, you spoke, when you spoke to many then and his family, the way they always, the family and many in particular who I know spoke about Nisim Ben Yaakov Peretz with the Kavod. In fact, any time for many, for years, I'd say he opened his house, is like a Ramavino and and when I say many, I should really just say Khani because she does everything <laughs> in the house. But many does the invitations. Uh, and and, and many, many doesn't know how to say no. Um, and, it, he would, and, I, and he would always say, I learned it from my father. My, I learned it from, from my father. And the cover he had for his father. I remember I, I, there were very few people, honestly, that I watched the Levaya um, when I wasn't there. And three years ago, I actually saw... Nisim Ben Yaakov Peretz's because many said you have to watch it and I'd heard so much about him and you saw the whole Chadera come out for 
Nisim ben Yaakov Peretz, and you just see the Peretz, the fruit, the fruit of, for the fruit of it. There is an amazing pasuk. Torah tells us Adam kiyamos ba'ohel. When a person dies in Parshat Shukot, it says Adam kiyamos. When a person dies ba'ohel, and the pasuk is talking about tumah v'tara, but the chida and the panim Eros both say an amazing thing: that when a person dies. They're still in the oil. They're still in the oil of Torah. They're still in the tent of Torah. And if you connect them to Torah, they're still very much alive. In fact, there's a Ben Ishchai HaKadosh who says in the name of the Maharsha. Maharsha was a great 16th century Polish sage. The Ben Ishchai says, Do you want to do Tchiyas HaMesim? Do you want to resurrect the dead even today? In our day, in our time, says the Ben Ishchai, if you say Torah of the person's name, you give them Tchiyat HaMesim. You give them Tchiyat HaMesim. You resurrect them for the dead. So tonight's Divrei Torah should be an eternal schos for Nisim and Yaakov Peretz. It should, it should be a schos for the Peretz family. And the Divrei Torah should be a schos and a schos for all of us. I gave the title... Climbing Jacob's Ladder, Thriving Despite Challenges. And I'll tell you why I picked that topic. Besides being close to this week's Parsha. The last time I, I, we, we were really here together was before COVID. And really going through COVID for many, many people on different levels was a traumatic experience. Other people, the, and I'm sure you know people as well as I, the past few months, a year or two, has been serious trauma in Parnassah and getting a career. So those, that was on my mind. But probably the most profound thing that was on my mind when I picked this topic, and I'm coming here after almost, it's been two and a half years, but almost three years of having the opportunity to speak to the, to, to, to the shul, is you know, when you go back, when you move somewhere, when you go visit an old place, or you travel, you sometimes meet people you haven't seen for many years. And although Chicago is not New York, I find myself in New York more than ever, coming back more than ever now. And I meet people. And I haven't seen them for 20 years, 25 years. I go to Florida, wherever it may be. And you see some people that I was in yeshiva with and I was friendly with, and they're amazing. They, in ruchnius, in spirituality, have steigt. They've grown, they've developed. And other people... You, you become shocked. Like, what happened to this person? Like, they were so, they were in, on a different track. And it was, sometimes it was 25 years ago, and sometimes it was 10 years ago. And almost always there was a similar story. Some trauma, some tragedy, some disappointment happened in their life. And it knocked them off kilter. It, instead of growing from the challenge, what happened was, is that they went down. And even I met a few people in Amachad who had been here over the years in my time, some were doing amazing and some less so. And there was always some story that went along with it. So I want to talk tonight how we can thrive despite life's challenges. Because we all, we all have challenges in this world. All of us will have moments of tremendous, tremendous challenges, difficulties. That's part of being an Olam Hazah, part of being an Olam in this world. So I would like to discuss how we can be matzliach. You know, we, I often hear when we talk about challenges, the word resilience. 
comes. Be resilient. The Latin, the Latin, shoresh, root of the word resilience, where it comes from, is to leap back. Like resurrection, regeneration, remission, renew. So people imagine that if you, if you, if you have a person has a challenge, just be resilient. Be resilient. And the truth is, that's really not a Torah ideal. Because when, when something happens, when, like, let's say COVID, or a person moves, or they have a challenge, or they have a health issue, you don't go back to where you were before. That's not the Jewish way, and it doesn't happen that way. Resilience does not mean going back to where before. And in Lashon HaKadosh, Ivrit, Ma'achi Marende Ivrit, Tal, how do you say resilient in Ivrit today? Resilient. What? Avadia, no? Amidut? It's a few words, Amidut, Chozek. Right. I once asked an Israeli, I asked an Israeli, not from Emeka Salakon, he told me Chosen. Chosen. Chosen? Is that good, Chosen? Or Menachem? He taught Shashut. Chosen is one word. Chosen, okay. So I said to me Chosen. Chosen means like impenetrable. Like you can't be, you can't get in there. And that's also not the Torah. That's also not the the idea of Yiddishkeit Chosen, of Yahadut. Resilience in the Torah means to overcome. Not, not, excuse me, does not mean to overcome. Does not mean to be impenetrable. It means you have to become from it. It's the act of becoming, which we'll discuss in a few minutes, not the act of overcoming. And the act of becoming is how we could come to thrive in this world. It's past week's Parsha, there's an amazing passage which we all know very, very well, actually, Psukim. Torah tells us in the beginning of this week's Parsha, Yaakov departs from Beershava and he goes towards Charon. He encountered the place and spent the night there because the sun had set and he took from the stones the place which he put around his head. And then the Apostle, I'm going to say it in English now, and he dreamt and behold, a ladder was set earthward and its top reached heavenward. And behold, angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And he wakes up a few psukim later, says, Yaakov awoke from his sleep. And he said, surely Hashem is present in this place and I did not know. And he became frightened and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the abode of God and it is the gate of the heavens. There is an amazing Medrash, which Rashi quotes. The Medrash says, he's trying to figure out where, what's going on over here. Because it says it was by base L. And the Pasuk is quoting the Medrash, it says the following thing. Sheber Sheva, this is how the ladder went. People make a mistake. People think the ladder comes up from Yushalayim. The Rashi quotes the message that Beersheva was the south of Yehuda. Yushalayim was the north. And Beis El was even farther north. And the Sulam, Rashi calculates based on the Medrash, the Raglov, the feet of the ladder were in Beersheva. The Rosh of the ladder was in Beis El, which is not the Beit El today, but in the north of Jerusalem. 
the north of Jerusalem. Oh, Yanir and I can ask you some of my questions over here. <laughs> You're sitting in the front. It's good. Uh, uh, we missed the river. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Beit El was all the way north. All the way north. And Yushalayim was in the middle. So imagine this. This is how the Sulam went. It starts in Beersheba. The middle is Yerushalayim, and it goes far north, far north, all the way to Basel. One of my Rebbeim, great Rabbi Saul Belsky Zatzal. I don't know, is Elchanan Kran still here? Is he still? You know Rebelsky, right? I'm sure you know him very well. What? It's your cousin. Okay. So you have a Chashev a cousin. So he's very. I mean, Rebelsky. I took smicha by Rebelsky. One of the people I took smicha by Rebelsky is uh, he was a going a genius. And he asked the following, following, following question: Why is it that Yerushalayim was in the middle? What's unique about Yerushalayim? Wouldn't you imagine that Yerushalayim would be the, the the top of the ladder, the pinnacle, all the way up? Why is Yerushalayim in the middle? And he explains in the following way. That, you know, when you look at the, 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 the Sulam, if you look at all the sources, the Chassidut, Svardi, Ashkenazi, everywhere, Chabad, Chabad, right? The Sulam is the Neshama. It's, it's the idea of grow, the idea of growing, steiging, being oil and ruchnius. That's the Sulam. The Sulam represents all of our potential in this world. And Rebelski explained, he was Mazbir, that in life, Many people dream about going up the Sulam of life, growing in the Sulam of life. I still remember somebody from, from the Bay Area. I met with him my second or third year here. It's like a person, someone said, a Federation type person, however you know who he is. Someone told me, he's great potential. He wants to grow. So I met him for lunch, and he tells me, this person never stepped on the show, by the way. Okay, not, uh, uh, he tells me, I'm very interested. And he was. He was a person who grew up in a certain town, and he was an older man, and he told me he wants, to, he wants, he knows the truth. He knows the emet. He knows emes, and he wants to do it. So I said, come, I'll send you with Chavrusa, I'll learn with you. Do, come. I'm rabbi soon. That soon, I heard for the next 12 years. <laughs> soon. There are people on the bottom of the ladder, they look up the ladder, but they never start to climb. Other people on the foot of the ladder climb a little bit, but then they give up. They give up. They don't keep going. The top of the ladder is for the Moshe Rabbeinus of this world. That's not Nogea for you and I. Serebelski, Yushalayim, is the center. The uniqueness of the center is that it represents yours and I's daily struggles. The, the things in life that we're all, that what really in life is, that it's about growing each day. It's about looking how we could be better people every single day of, uh, 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 of the year. Listen to the words of, of the Chafetz Chaim. This is this Chafetz Chaim. Most people never see this. It's in Torah, Sabayis, in the Kisvei Chafetz Chaim. He says an amazing thing. Now the Chafetz Chaim is talking about learning Musar, Musar. That the only way a person could truly be Oilah is to learn. You don't, you know, if you don't study Torah, if you don't have a connection to Musa, you're not, a person doesn't grow. So the Chavetz Chaim says the following, this, following thing. The Chavetz Chaim, you know, if you just want to, if you want to learn Musa, if you want to Chavrusa, read, any, open any work of the Chavetz Chaim, change how, the whole way you look at the world, you put on different glasses. 
Says the Chavetz Chaim, the Levad Zet Sarecha Adam Leida. A person has to know. Shein Oimim Emadrega Achas. You don't stay in the same place. Ela Ayidei Yitzro Shemiskabra Lav B'Choyoyim. Every day we all have challenges. We have challenges in business, and we have challenges in Ruchnius. And it changes. If you if you successful, and you will go up. But if a person is not careful, they'll slip down this ladder. They won't get farther ahead. And we know what the Kabbalistic works. That the ladder was of was on the ground. And they had a ladder all the way up to the heavens. Yaakov Avinu Yaakov saw Amin Ha'adam the Adua that you can go up in life or down in life. And he continues. And the only way you can do it is, he says, everybody has the potential to go up or down the ladder. And our voida really is to, to, to push ourselves. But I mentioned before, I met, I met certain people that more than not going up or down a little here, they really got knocked out. Knocked out of their whole potential. Because if the sulam represents our neshama, if the sulam represents our soul, if the sulam represents our tachlis, our mission in this world, the best way for the Yetzirah to get us is to give a person a, a knockout. Just give them some challenge, some difficulty, and just knock them out. So tonight I want to talk about four ideas. Now actually, I'll tell you something funny. Jonathan Kay, he left me this message. He said, Rabbi Levine, you're going to come out, you're going to come back. You're going to see the show. I'm sure you're going to inspect it. You're going to look around. I did, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you'll see everything what's the same. Both things, most things look everything the same. But then I, I think it to myself. I said, many, how long should I speak for? 20 minutes. So no, Rabbi Levine, 45 minutes. <laughs> I said, 20, I, said, I said, I can't believe it's Rabbi Leibowitz. I speak 45 minutes. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> We had to tie it down. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think I thought it's a new regime, a new, a new tukufa. <laughs> at least 45 minutes, you speak. Like Goldstein, like a hunch. Four or five. Four or five. <laughs> four. Oh, it seems like four or five minutes. I got my time's over. <laughs> so I have four, four ideas how we can all be successful, not just be successful, not just be resilient to bounce back, not to be fake resilient, to be impenetrable, but to really thrive despite the challenges that may come our way. My great Rosh Hashiva, Rav Zelig Epstein, once told me, the first thing to be successful by an Isoyon, the first thing to be successful in a challenge is prepare beforehand. You have to prepare beforehand. Because if you don't prepare before, imagine you're going to the boxing ring and you don't lift weights, and you're not in good shape, and you're not strong, what's going to go ahead and happen? You're going to get knocked out. You're not going to, be, you're not going to win. So the first thing, if you want to be strong in the battle, you need to prepare beforehand. Where's Brenton Rogozin? Is he still here? He was here. I saw him this afternoon. Uh, yeah, I need a, Marvin. Marshall Chaim. 
What happens if you have a, a, a case, a law case, you not come in unprepared? Or a, or a contract? You will get out smarter than lose. You will get out smarter and lose. Right? That's the, you don't need to be a, a top pa- pattern attorney to know that. But I wanted to ask one. So you, can, you can't quite, you know, he didn't go to Penn Law, but he did get a top law school. <laughs> Making sure that nothing's really changed here. Right? If you don't prepare, if you come into a challenge and you're not ready for the challenge, if you haven't prepared ahead of time, most likely you will not be matzliach. Most likely you will not be successful. And we see that from Yaakov Avinu. There is amazing meshachachma. Right? There is amazing meshachachma from the Vintzer. Do you know what the meshachachma was? It was Mer Simcha, Elibach's son. Was named for the Meshachachma. The Meshachachma was one of the greatest Gedolim, one of the greatest sages of the 20th century. And the Meshachachma says the following thing, and it connects it to Yaakov and Parshas Vayigash. It says the Meshachachma that Yaakov, uh, he says in the Pasuk of Yaakov, Yaakov, he says, Yaakov was able to have Nevuah, was able to have prophecy, even in Chutz Laaretz, which, which in, in, even in the Galut, even in Mitzrayim, because he had it when there was or when there is light. And he quotes the Talmud in Moarkat and Chavhei, that if anyone has Nuvuah in Chutz Laaretz, it's because they first had Nuvuah in Eretz Yisrael. And says the Meshachachman, that's why Yaakov, what, what's Tefillah Yanir, the, the Yaakov Institute? Arvit. okay. Maruf, right? Arvit. I'm making sure you remember your San Jose days. <laughs> Right? He, Yaakov institutes Mariv, Arvit. Why? Because Mariv, Arvit, is, is, the, is the thing that we start during the day and we complete at night. So it says, Vayifka. It says, the Pasuk says that Yaakov creates Mariv. Because Yaakov, you know how he's successful in the house of Lavan and with Esau. Because he was prepared beforehand. He was the one, the, the key to success is Arvit, to, to go ahead and to go ahead and prepare ourselves uh, before. I want to just read something. I did this several years ago here, but I had a new thought. Really, I had this thought you know, a while back. And it's about the Cologne concert. The Cologne concert. Many other Cologne concerts? You weren't listening a few years ago. <laughs> I said this concert then. Let me tell you very quickly what this concert was about. The Cologne concert says follows. The concert was organized, organized by a seventh. This is a, this concert happened on January, oh, excuse me, on January twenty fourth, nineteen seventy five. Actually, where's Leonid? You know, you know this concert, right? The concert was organized by seventeen year old Vera Brandis, then Germany's youngest concert promoter. Listen to the story; it's an amazing story. At Jared's request, Brandis had selected a. I'm going to say this wrong. A Bisendorfer, Bosendorfer, Bosendorfer, 290 Imperial concert grand piano for the performance. However, there was some confusion by the opera staff, and they found another Bosendorfer, Bosendorfer piano backstage, a much smaller baby grand, and assuming it was the one requested placed on the stage. Unfortunately, the error was discovered too late for the concert for it to be conditioned to be fixed. The piano they had intended for was for rehearsals only, in poor condition, and required several hours of tuning and adjustment to make it playable. The instrument was tiny and thin in the upper registers, 
and weak in the bass register. And the pedals did not work properly. I have no idea what that meant, but it doesn't sound good. Okay? Consequently, Jarrett often used ostentados. Ostinatos. I meant that. Ostinatos. And rolling left-hand rhythmic figures during his colon performance to give the effect of stronger bass notes. Jared arrived at the base. I'm just see, making sure everyone's listening. Base. Thank you. It's only because I'm jet lagged. I really I know all this piano stuff. Thank you for the challenge. Yeah. Okay. Jared arrived. This is an amazing story. Jared arrived at the opera house late in the afternoon and tired after an exhausting long drive from Zurich, Switzerland, where he performed a few days earlier. He had not slept well for several nights and was in pain from back problems and had to wear a brace. After trying out the substandard piano and learning a replacement instrument was not available, Jarrett nearly refused to play, and Brandis had to convince him to perform the concert because there were thousands of people coming in a few hours. Besides, he had a book, uh, Brandis had booked a table at a local Italian restaurant for Jarrett to have dinner. And then his dinner got mixed up, and the waiting staff caused a delay in the meal being served, and he was only able to have a few mouthfuls before having to leave for the concert. Ultimately, Jarrett decided to play because it, the, largely because the recording equipment was raised up. They had set it up and the people were coming. The Cologne concert was recorded and it is the all-time best-selling piano album and it is the best-selling solo album in jazz history. Das steht in Wikipedia. Now, I said a few years ago when I said this, I use this to never give up. You, you do see what can happen if you don't give up. The best-selling recording in history, piano history, jazz history. But I, I realized afterwards, that to me, the greatest lesson was that he was prepared beforehand. Do you know how he was able to do that? Even with a substandard piano, even though his back was hurting, he hadn't slept. He did not come to the concert that night and perform a miracle unprepared. He had prepared for years of his life. A person who can do that, of course you can't give up. But the bigger lesson I realized is you need to be prepared ahead of time. You want to shine. You want to stand tall in the moments of serious challenge. You want to blossom and become a star. You need to be ready for it. Your moment will come. But you got to be ready for that moment, Churchill. You know what I, what any English? Oh, Michelle. You're Right? All right, Churchill, what did he say when he became Prime Minister of England? He said, true. That's true. I'll, I'll say one of the things that I like. In the summer of 1940, as London is being bombed, and you would have been a betting person, you would have said England is a, it was in a matter of weeks till it collapses in World War II. And had England fall, the war and we would be very different. Right? Churchill becomes elected prime minister. He, he was, not elected, he became the prime minister. Chamberlain was also conservative. Steps down. Churchill, who the whole 1930s, people are mocking and laughing at him. A nutcase, he's worried, he's screaming about Hitler. Uh, you know, Churchill said at that moment that he has prepared for this moment his entire life. You want to be Churchill in the summer of 1940? You want to be Jarrett playing the piano? You can't just walk in there that day. Yeah, it's not just not giving up. A person has to have the ore. They have to have the light. 
They have to be connected to get to that point. <laughs> then, at that moment of challenge, when there's COVID, when there's a depression, when the person gets sick, when, sometimes the person can pick it up then, but most likely, we have to work on it when times are, are, are good. That's what Marev is. It's Arv, that the whole tefillah of Yaakov did. When did Yaakov do Marev? Vayifka, when did he, when did he do it? This week's, last week's Parsha? Rivka Makom, hello, right? Rivka Makom, before he went to Laman's house. At that moment, he did Marev. At that moment, Chazal learns, that's when he did it, before he went. So number one, number one is prepare beforehand. If you want to be successful, Rukhnitz, by the way, I used to always see this, Yom Kippur, now, the Sephardim are different. I can't, you know, by the way, I, I have this chos. I started a Sephardim in here my first year. My, my, my first year, I had 10 people. Second year, this is way before you, Yanir. Way before you, right? Second year, 10 people. Then many comes, of course, everyone wants to come. <laughs> but before many even came, and I, third year, all of a sudden, by, by the time I left, I had 150 people sometimes throughout the day, not at one time. And the Sephardim could come here, and they can dive in like, woo! You see the Ashkenazim, they come in the Yom Kippur, they take a silk yarmulke. You know, most of them, they come, they space out. They, they want to connect. They do. They're good people. They're just not ready for it. You can't walk in on Yom Kippur and just be zapped. All of a sudden, you're going to, you know, you, you're going to just be, be into it. So the first thing really is, you have to prepare beforehand. Actually, the Shabbos, I had my Chavruso was at the Gouda Convention with me. His name is Rabbi Eliezer Kron. Eliezer Krohn, uh, is my old Kavrusa, in Yeshiva, is the, uh, is the main moal in, in Passaic, New Jersey. He's a rabbi, he's a rabbi of a shul. So I said, Eliezer, I need a story for preparing beforehand. So I said, I don't have it. Let me ask you, my his father, Rabbi Pesach Krohn, who came here, our first dinner, exactly 12 years ago, uh, uh, 13 years ago, our 40th anniversary, 40th year, 40, our 40th anniversary. So Rabbi Pesach Krohn, it was literally before Mincha, and he says, he knows me, he knows me. So he says, I don't have a story, but I have an important thing, this important thing. He said, every day, this is going to connect to number two, we dive in Shmon Esrei. And we say, and we say in, we say in, Shmon, in Shmon Esrei, Ki Lishuoscha Ki Vinu Kol Hayom. Which bracha do we say that in? No, what? No, no, no. Bamrach, which one? Ki Lishuoscha Ki Vinu Kol Hayom? Sfari says, it's not going to be a Close at Samach, at Samach, at right? So, so he told me it's a Shari Chuba. I had not, I'm not a chance to look for it on, on the, the Mishabur. The Shari Chuba says the following thing Anytime you go that day, let's say you have a client you want, let's say you're going to deal with a difficult person, let's say you know you're going to a relative who's tough, or you're, you're going and you're going to have a Nisayan, you're going to Las Vegas. You know, you're going to a place, not, not Las Vegas, somewhere which is. The what? Is the worst? Las Vegas is the worst? Okay. Um, you're going to somewhere, you know you're going to be a plat place to go challenge. Huh? You're going to be a place to challenge. You have something, you, you know you're going to have a difficult person. Said the, the Shari Chuva, before you do, when you say, which really we're waiting for Hashem to Yeshua for Yishalayim, have in mind, have in mind that you are test that day. Don't wait to get there. Don't wait to the test. And actually, I didn't see the Shachuv, but I know that the Briska Rav, Rabbi Salavechik, Rabbi Zev Salavechik from Shalim, who's the, the Rav of Brisk, he's, it's brought down many places. Whenever he had a difficult moment, 
He would say, He would say that asking Hashem for a Yeshua. So number two, actually, is not only preparing for this, but is actually to daven. If we, if we know we're going to come into an Isayan, or, or we're being challenged, we need to, we need to be able to, to daven. Tefillah happens to be, uh, the Gemara says in Brachas, Anyone has to go, by the way. I remember Lee says, I'm way past his four or five minutes. So I do not take it personally. Huh? I'm cheating. I, I, put, I put the four and the five together. Uh, but there's amazing Gemara. The Gemara says that, that, it, that, if, that if a person dies in Baruch Islam base, it says, Kave el Hashem, Chazek Hashem. If you have a challenge, Kave, have hope. Daven to Hashem. And if you're still suffering, daven again. That's a famous Gemara. But there's a remarkable Gemara in the beginning of Masech to Brachas. You can ask Chaim Roberts, who's a, becoming a Baki in Brachas, on Daf Gimel. The Gemara says the following thing. This was Rabbi Yossi, who was one of the great students of Rabbi Akiva. So this is right after Betar, right after Bar Kokhva. Right, and a few, only a few decades after the Korban Yushalayim. The Gemara says like this, Tanya, Abraisa, Omarabiyosi, Pam Achas, Hayisimahalach Bederech. Once I was walking on the road, V'nechnasti L'chorba, and I went into one of the ruins of Yushalayim. L'chorba Achas Yushalayim, L'espalo, and I went to Tadavin, Ba Eliyahu, Zachar Latoyev Eliyahu came. Visham Eliyahu Pesach. He waited for me by the door, by the, the entrance to this, this, this part of the destroyed part of Shalim. Aja siyamti tfilasi until I finished my prayer. Liachar she siyamti tfilasi. Amr li. Shalom Aleichem Rebbe. I said Shalom Aleichem to you. I said to them Shalom Aleichem Rebbe more. Shalom Aleichem Rebbe my teacher. Rabbi Bani, my son. I was telling you this to Rabbi Yossi, one of the greatest sages to ever live. Rabbi Kiva student. Why did you go into the Chorba? It's dangerous. I wanted to daven there. You should have prayed on the road. I said to him, I was scared that people walking by would stop me. You should have done the short tefillah. The Gemara then will tell us three things we learned. I once saw P. Musr the following thing. What was the conversation between Eliyahu Hanavi and this great student of Rabbi Yossi at that moment? Rabbi Yossi lived right after the destruction, right after Chorban. Right? And you, by the way, if you lived at that time, things looked hopeless. It was a challenge. I have, there's a great history class, by the way, given in this room. <laughs> and and, uh, and I, it's, uh, uh, which I, 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 I said at that time, it made, if you cannot imagine a more dreary time than then. You can't imagine. The base of Mignus was destroyed. The Romans were in charge. Betar was destroyed. And everything looks glim. And Rabbi Yossi goes into the Korba. And he says to the, 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 the Alpi Musar, he says to Eliyahu Eliyah Navi, why did you go into here? Why did you go into here? So he, he said, because I'm trying to escape. I don't want to daven. I want to escape my challenges. I want to get away from it. And Eliyahu tells him, you don't escape your challenges. 
Your challenges are your path to greatness. You dive into Hashem to overcome your challenges. Dive into Hashem to become greater from your challenges. Don't dive in. Now, of course, if you're sick, you dive in to get better. Of course, if you need money, you dive in. But his point was, is you dive in to be successful in it. So Rabbi Yossi says, but I'm worried that people will disrupt me. I'm worried that I won't be able to get through it. So he says, make Davin that you should not be this lose focus of what you need to do in this world. A person needs to go ahead and Davin in the moment of, of, of challenges. You know, I, 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 once, I once saw a line on one of these things. It says, don't, I'm sure many people see it, don't tell God how big your problems are. Tell your problems how big God is. So my wife this week, she, this week she emails me, Rabbi David Asher, he gives us daily, so Mrs. Klein probably read this already. Amazing story. Guys in Yushalayim, God can solve all problems. God can get us out of any tests. Guys in Yushalayim, and he's struggling. He has trouble with Parnassah, he's a watchmaker, he can't make it. And, and he's trying to figure out how is he going to go ahead and get, get around this. Now he he's, has a lot of kids, can't afford it, buys a bigger dirah, a bigger dirah. At the same time, Baruch Hashem, his son becomes engaged, a chatan. So he has more expenses. Then he buys a dirah, all of a sudden new expenses. And he was a simple guy. And all of a sudden, he can't sleep at night. He's trying to figure out how he's going to pay it. And he's sitting up at night, up, up at night, trying to figure out what's going to happen. And he starts to have tooth pains. And he goes to the dentist the next day, and he has a root canal, and a crown needs to be fixed. He's thinking to himself, oh my goodness, Hashem, I can't, I can't even afford this. But what do, you, what, do you, what do you do if you have a root canal and a crown? Do you say, I can't afford it? No, you, you, yeah, you go, you take it out. <laughs> All right? You do it. So he goes to this dentist. At this moment, he's trying to know how could he even pay for this. And he takes out his, 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 his crown, his gold crown. And as he's a gold crown, he sees the, the dentist thrown into a box. And he asks the dentist, what do you do with all these gold crowns? He said, I do nothing. I have a big box. This gold is mixed. has no value. Right? He said, really? He said, listen, if you could sell it, I'll give you half the profits. You can take half. This guy's a watchmaker. He said, maybe I can figure out... He calls up his friend, calls up his friend, and the friend knows something, ends the story, he takes this whole box, gets all of the gold, and, and uh, gets the gold out, and is able to pay for the apartment, the son's wedding, his crown, his crown. In one minute, everything could change. Even the toothache, even the crown that a person needs could be lead to the source of success. So a person, we, we need to be able um, to dive in. Number three, number one, prepare. prepare. Number two is to feel. Number three is hope. Person should never give up hope. Tikvah. 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 You have to have tikvah in the right, to, to the right places. It says, Kave el Hashem. There's an amazing Ramchal, Drash al Kivoy. The Ramchal says that if a person has hope, person. And here, I, I'm going to pick up. Where is the Ramchal buried? Who, who said that? Oh, Hanan. In Tverio. In Tverio. Or Moshe Chaim Lutzato. He's from Tverio. So, the Ram, there's an amazing Ramchal. The Ramchal says that if a person has hope, 
has tikva, there is nothing in this world they can't accomplish. In fact, the Ramchal says it's like a tzinor. It's like a pipe that goes up to Shemayim and is a source of all bracha. And no matter what, a person should never, should, should never give up hope. If a person has hope, all is possible. One of the stories I, I read to myself a few times a year is an amazing Ramnachman mi Breslov. Don't tell, am I being taped? Oh my goodness. Uh, it's an amazing Ramnachman mi Breslov. Ramnachman mi Breslov says the following story. He says there was once, not true, but it's one of his mashalom. He says there was once a person, a person who dig, dug clay. A person who dug clay. And he was a poor person. He struggled, had difficulties, but he always looked to Hashem. He always had hope for Hashem. One day, as he's digging, he finds a huge diamond, a perfect diamond, and he can't believe it. Here is his, his Yeshua. Here is his salvation. Mamish Kavaldik, Baruch Hashem. And he decides, this is the old days, it's not for me, breast love. Anyone been to Uman? Yeah. Oh, I figured. Who was? <laughs> Any Americans been to Uman? Okay. My brother went, right? He goes, Nachman Mibreslav died 200 years ago. It's amazing. People still go to his cover today. Rosh Hashanah, tens of thousands of people. So he, in 200 years ago, this guy finds a diamond. He gets on a boat to go to London. And he tells the captain, asks him, in those days, going on a boat to London, whoa, very expensive. And the captain asks him, how are you going to pay? Shows him the diamond. He says, oh, first class for you. First class. Many of us know everything about first class, right? First class. You're in good shape. Huh? I, I was never so comfortable as today. Uh, I'm spoiled now. It's a problem. I don't know if I can go back. Uh, so he's in first class. And this guy, every day, every day, he looks at this diamond. One day, he falls asleep. He used to put the diamond as he ate and look at it. One day, he fell asleep with the diamond on the table. On the diamond on the table. And what happened is that the staff, the crew, the crew cleaned up the table and threw it into the sea. And when they threw it into the sea, the diamond went flying with it. The guy wakes up and he sees the diamond's gone. This person had, most of us would say, oh my goodness, this is terrible. Life is over. The captain's going to throw him off the boat. He's dead meat. He doesn't let off a thing. And the whole time he's smiling, smiling, smiling. One day the captain comes over to him. He says, listen, I have a little bit of an issue. Um, I want to have to get to London, but I can't have it under my name for technical, for legal reasons. So could I put all of the wheat? He saw this guy's a diamond. I put all of the, the, all of the cargo on the ship. The whole lading of wheat, the bill of lading, will go under your name. I'm going to put it under your name. And like, you know, it's like in the old days, in our store, like, oh, they have $10,000 cash. Just killing someone else. I never, I wanted to play into Israel. I said, can I give you $10,000 cash? He said, you look trustworthy. I said, sure. I got this. Like, you know, oh, I need it back now, right? Because they didn't want to pay the, 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 through the, what's it called over there? The fee. The meches. So he, he, the guy puts it in his name. And a few days later, the captain died. And this guy arrives in London way richer than he would have ever been with a diamond. Said Reb Nachman, the diamond was never his. Haraya. What's the proof? It didn't stay with him. The wheat was. How did he become successful? What was the secret? 
how he ultimately got to be the place he was, because he never gave up hope. He always, he never gave up hope. I was just thinking, I was thinking, should I, you know, myself even coming here, and it's not to toot my own horn at all. I remember when I came here 15 years ago, my second day here, now I'm, I'm a person who comes early to Minyan, like my second day here, Shakras, there was no Minyan. Like, all of a sudden I said, where's the Minyan? Seven people here. I, I, I said, what? Right? Now, in those days, the show had less than 30 families, family units, I mean, including single people. There was no Erev in the city. There was no Mikvah Kalim. There was a, there was a breakaway show, and there's still some animosity. Right? I could have said to myself, oh, by the way, this, I remember Rabbi Felsen is sitting next to me when, he brought, when I came here, and he said, Tom's next to the show, this could all be yours. Right? <laughs> this is a selling point. I'm saying... My second day here, I don't have a minion. I don't, I don't have a minion. That, you know, I, 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 there's all things I can't say on tape even. But I, don't, I haven't forgotten. Like, so, certain crazy things happen, you know, and there the, the were certainly challenges. But I'm going to tell you my own thing for myself. I never gave up hope. I never gave up hope on this show. And honestly, to the extent I ever had any success in any human being, it's because I never gave up hope on them. You, and I never gave up hope on myself. Like some people said to me, you're never going to grow in San Jose. You're never going to, as a person, you're never going to develop. If you give, you need to have hope. This, this show, by the way, and Sir Bay Lappin, Zatzal's yurt site, the builder of the show, when he came to the show, it was in, in, in what was it in Michelle? It was uh, on, in the super, in the, in the, across the street. In a little, in the, in, in the 1970s. You know how you build Torah? You have to have hope. Things don't just happen in one minute. But if you give up, if the diamond gets thrown out, whether it's in your own life or the community life, you never get there. You never get there. A person always needs to be successful in life. You got to believe. You got to believe not in yourself. You got to believe in yourself a little bit. A little bit. You got to believe in Hashem. Hashem can solve all problems. Hashem can fix everything. Hashem's omnipotent, all-powerful. Kol yachol. Right, we always need to, you know, whether it's COVID or Parnassar or health or family, in one second, things could change. By the way, I will say about many parrots, and Chayyim, part of their godless is I've always, many, all from Hashem, I always had a moment. You ever took the many, you come out to get a munashir, right? It's like literally a person, you have to have a munah. You have to have, if you want to be successful, number three is you always have to have tikva. Number four is to maintain one's bridges. Maintain one's bridges. There is an amazing sefer called Or Gedayal. Ochan, who's Or Gedayal? Mm-hmm. Rabbi Gedal Yeshor. You're talking with us. I'm picking a... So Rabbi Gedal Yeshor in Or Gedayal says the following. This week's Parsha, by Yetze. Uh, I think I'm about, I'm about like four, I'm a little past four plus five. Uh, <laughs> I'm almost done. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not coming back for a while. I don't think, <laughs> unless, many, unless many calls me. I'm almost done though. Right, Gedalia Shor, in Orgadal says the following thing. He says, Parshas Vayetze is all one long Parsha. There's no breaks, there's no psuchas, there's no stumas. Why is it that way? And Gedalia Shor said, he quotes a Zohar. The Zohar says, when a person goes down to a deep pit, and you are going to the abyss, to the Tahom, how do you get out? How do you go to the Tahom? How do you go to the deep pit? And how do you come back? In the old days, you had to put down a spike and a rope and you lower yourself down and you hold on to that rope 
for dear life. And you can go farther and farther down as long as you're holding on to the rope. And Rabbi Shur said the following thing. You want to go on Nisayan? Yaakov Avinu is about to have an Nisayan of Nisayanis. He's going to go to a person, Lavan, who is going to try to destroy everything, as we say in the Haggadah. To be Oikara Kol. He's going to become his father-in-law, as many father-in-law or occasional mother-in-law jokes you hear. There is no one like Lavan. Right? Lavan is going to destroy, try to destroy Yaakov and everything about him. And when he gets back home, who's going to say Shalom Aleichem to him? Esau. Right? He's about to have test of test. And do you know, says Rav Shur, how Yaakov is going to be successful? He had no break. There was no break between that connection to the house of Yaakov. And Yaakov had no connection, disconnection to his house of Yitzhak and Rivka. And no, not, no disconnection to the Shishiva of shame, the Aver. The, the reason Yaakov was able to be successful is because he held on to the rope. He held on to the bridges. You know, many boys and girls go to yeshiva, seminary, good high schools, whatever you did, certainly good day schools, right? And they have a connection to Rabbeim, to Rabbanim, to people, to parents who are inspiring. You know, I mentioned Rabbi Lappin. The first time I met Michelle, actually, when the way he talked about Rabbi Lappin, Rabbi Jim, Kyle Roberts talked about Rabbi Lappin. They held on to a rope. You hold on and you know, people go to yeshiva, and they have an experience, and, they, and they, they're, they're successful. They grow. Noah, my friend Noah Grizz just came back from yeshiva, right? You grow, but you, how do you continue? You have to maintain it. You have to hold on to the rope. So people go to yeshiva. Oh, I'm in the land the left. So where's my, my, my Goldstein? What do the Chabad do every year? They have a kinnis? Ashluchim. They don't just go and send out all the Chabad shluchim and say, good luck in life. Hatzlach yeah. Good luck. You know, every year there's a, there's a kinos for all the shluchim. And I'm sure they have materials that send them. My rabbi, Rabbi Shlomo Kamenetsky, gives a share weekly to his students. Weekly on Zoom. You can watch it. We saw Reisman, who I happen to be very close with. Every week has a shear for Talmidim. Not his current Talmidim, his former Talmidim. Keep the connection. You want, you want to be successful and you maintain that connection. Actually, I will say that, as I mentioned in the beginning, that I, when I look at that look at, when I look at many, I, when I first met him, till today, if I had to say what made him strong, and what made him successful over all of the years was his connection to his father and his mother. From the day I met him, the way he talked about his father, that's what kept him going. It was having that connection, uh, and, and and not burning it. And that really applies to all of us. It's, you know, it's not just maintaining a connection. It's having a connection. There's an amazing Gemara. The Gemara says in the Darim, Samach Dalad, Arba Chashulim Kamesin. There are four people, four people that are considered dead. An Ani, a pauper, a Mitsuira, someone who has leprosy, a Suma, somebody who's blind, and somebody who ha- doesn't have children. The great Mashkiach from Mir, Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, said... Why is a Mitzayra, why is a leper considered like a dead person? She so said the following thing. Because if a person is not able, if you're a Mitzayra, if you're segregated, if you're separated, because you have leprosy, you have Tzaras, you can't connect to people. You can't do chasadim to people. You can't give to people. And if you have no connection to people, you can't, you're considered like a dead person. Even Lahavdo Elof Alfais, Cicero, 
knows what Cicero was? Mrs. Tackner. Oh. You know who Cicero is. She's my historian over there. Um, so Cicero was, was not, our, not our worst enemy, but not just our friend. The, the Roman philosopher and politician something, he said, the following, said the following thing. Um, we have been born to associate with our fellow men and to join in community with the human race. And here's the thing, Rabbi Sai. You know, if we want to be successful in challenges, you know, first of all, I must say, it takes a village. It takes a community. Whether it's the chas, I mean, Miss, Miss Nina, just, you know, part of her recovery and success and her challenge will be this community. But wherever you are, you can't be successful without a kahila. You cannot steig. You cannot grow. You, won't, you don't get minyan, you don't get minyan, you don't have a, rab, a rabbi pushing you or teaching you. You have less chesed, you for sure have less staka. Um, you have less opportunities in so many ways. You know how a person voxes and grows and steigs and is oiler and rukhnis, you have to be part of a kehillah. And honestly, there is nothing, there's a lot of beautiful kehillahs, there's no kehillah like Amachad. Where else in the world could you have a very big literature Talmud Chacham like Rabbi Leibowitz? And where else in the world, in the same show, could you have a very warm, warm Hasidic rabbi like Rabbi Goldstein? I tell you, there is nowhere else in the world. There is nowhere else in the world. I mean, just the show itself, when I was just I'm reminding myself of the Kaddish over here, with Yitzhak Simitov, we had to leave, saying his Sephardi and Ashkenazi, and reminding you, like, this was the place we had, where there is Sephardic means, where on, where on the light of the state of the people who need to get, go ahead and get halal go out, or the people who need Kabbalah Shabbos, the Amechah, the name itself, the name itself is all about that together we can do more. Helen Keller, Helen Keller once said, alone we can do little, together we can do so much. Alone we can do little. You want to be successful in life in Ruchnius. You, you need to be part of a team. And what does team stand for? Together, everyone achieves more. You, the ultimately, do you know all the people that I know that were successful in life? When I look back, when I see these people, 20 years, 5 years, 10 years later, when they moved, when they had a challenge, they had a, they had a bridge. They had a bridge. They were connected to somebody, a teacher, a mentor, a rabbi, a family. Somebody helped them. They were connected to a show where people helped them in their moment of weakness. And you need to have the bridge. You need to be part of it. You need to be part of it to build, to be build it. So the four things again. Number one? Preparation. preparation. Number two? Oh, number three? Oh, hope. hope. And number four? Bri- have a bridge. My last time really in this hall with everyone here, it was last was the Purim, was the Purim, right before, right days before COVID. I remember dancing here with many people, seeing actually holding a bottle called Corona with many people. Moshe Chaim glad to erase those pictures, um, but we all sung and danced in triumph. We all sung and danced to the destruction of Haman. We all sung and danced with Dvekas Tashem. Many. I want to thank you for bringing me tonight. I'm not sure if everyone else wants to thank you, but I want to thank you. I thank you for bringing to the paper I care. And I just want to give many a bracha, many and Chani and his family 
much Yiddish as much Torah nachas and their children, health and parnasa. You should have. You should bring a tremendous today. Should be a tremendous Elon Hashem. Look at this beautiful meal, all for Shem's father, for Nisan Ben Yaakov. And I want to give a bracha to everyone here that everyone should not thrive despite challenges. We should become ourselves with our challenges to become the people we couldn't should be. We should climb our own ladder, and each of us should be very, very successful. Thank you very much. Exactly.